Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. Uh, and I am Susan Harmon and I am having an experience today. <laughs> it's quite an experience. Um, so, how are you doing, Eric? Oh, good afternoon, Susan. I'm doing well. It's, uh, you know, it's Friday. So, yeah. <laughs> we are living yeah. in interesting times, of course, but, you know, that Friday feeling is always, you know, you a notice, strong one. Uh, you notice how we're always saying we're living in interesting times, and and it just, it just, I want them a little less interesting for a while. I agree with you there. Well, I'll tell you something. I know, you know, we know is on everyone's mind. Uh, well, football season or something? No, it's not that. <laughs> it's not baseball. It's coronavirus yes yeah and, and unfortunately yeah. we we've seen that uh, spreading uh, it seems like more rapidly than uh, people thought and of course we've seen the, more... well some people thought sure definitely more rapidly than the white house thought yes yeah don't you just love the concept of the president's hunch is better science than scientists right yeah this is where you know uh, you really want a competent person in charge oh, of the God. government you really want somebody that believes in science you really want uh, somebody that knows what they're doing it's competent just simply competent <laughs> i'm telling you if these people that still think that he's a good businessman i mean he lost every business he ever had he yes. never succeeded at one single business that he tried right. so he's not a good businessman just starting with that and then you just slippery slope all the way down into the swamp from there. Yep. Um, you know, we we just have to take a a, uh, a step back. If at this point you still think that the president's hunch has more validity than what not just scientists in our country, but He's not even talking to people in other countries around the world and what's happening there. I mean, the fact of the matter is, it is not a Democratic Party hoax, okay? Yeah, which he, he initially tried to spin it as a Democratic hoax, which is insane because people are dying. People yeah. don't die from hoaxes. Okay, so even at the and and I have a hunch that it's uh, it's less than one percent. You know, it, yeah. they're saying three or four percent. One percent, Eric, of the world population is millions of people. Yeah, three or four percent is a whole bunch more. Millions, yep. millions, and yep. millions more. Yep. So when countries start closing their ports because they don't want a replay of nineteen eighteen. Uh, which was, that was flu, but a virus is a virus. Now, we don't know. Well, here's one of the things. If Trump had not fired every scientist with the CDC who knew how to work on this, right? Oh, but we could get them back so fast. That's what he you said. You think so? You yeah. think so? No. <laughs> no. That's not how life works. It's not how life works, and uh, it all takes time. Uh, they would have already been working on this because they would have been talking to scientists in other countries because this is what they do. You know, they have their colleagues. Um, but he doesn't talk to politicians in other countries unless it's Putin or some other, you know, strong arm guy. Mm -hmm. So um, 
it's very frustrating. And, um, you know, it's interesting, different people's reactions. I had a call from uh, a, a dear friend, Lori, uh, yesterday, who was like, you know, we went to we went to go to Costco over in Kirkland, you know, because she lives further out uh, over in Kirkland. And we got there early. There were already 200 people in line when we got there before the store opened. Mm-hmm. 400 people going in. They had one employee just telling people, no toilet paper, no toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think people are confusing a coronavirus outbreak with uh, a snowstorm because you can leave your house. You need to wash your hands when you're done, but you could still go buy toilet paper. Well, yeah. So there, there is there is an element of panic. Yes. Uh, she's saying um, city employees are being furloughed to work at home, you know, uh, so that they're not, you know, exposed. Well, this is this is not a bad thing. It's working from home is not, but to panic is not the 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 right response. Sure. So um, I received an email this morning from oh gosh I forgot uh, Paul Timo. I haven't heard from him in years. So he sent this out and and it's actually some it's I think some basic good example, uh, both from Taiwan and Japan. A Taiwan expert said. A simple self-check that we can do every moment. It's because when you get this, uh, when you get this virus, the symptoms aren't going to show up until it's well established in your body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this is why this is interesting. He says, take it when you first get up in the morning. Take a deep breath. Hold your breath for more than 10 seconds, like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. That's how you count a second. At least that's how I count a second. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Not the the seconds I do for you, Eric, when I'm doing a pre-record. One and a two. (laughs) (laughs) So take a deep breath and hold your breath for more than 10 seconds. If you complete it successfully without coughing, without discomfort, stuffiness or tightness etc it proves there is there is no fibrosis in the lungs basically indicating no infection so that's a simple thing Hmm. and that's probably it can't hurt to do it right yeah i guess not i haven't seen uh, whether that's you know effective or not but well uh, it gives you a clue well it's not it's not going to stop you It, it tells you Possibly, it tells you you may possibly have sure. coronavirus if 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 you know this doesn't work, and then you can seek, you know, some assistance. And the Japanese uh, are saying this. Some other advice: Japanese doctors are treating COVID nineteen cases. Everyone should ensure your mouth and throat is moist, never dry. Take a few sips of water every fifteen minutes at least. Why? Even if the virus gets into your mouth, this is interesting. Even if the virus gets into your mouth, drinking water or other liquids will wash them down through your esophagus and into the stomach. Once there, your stomach acid will kill all the virus. If you don't drink enough water more regularly, the virus can enter your windpipes and into the lungs. That's very dangerous. Uh, then it says, uh, send and sh- oh, it's please send and share with family. So I don't, I don't know, 
But I'm telling you right now, it's always better to hydrate just in general. Um, I've lowered my blood pressure by drinking water. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you drink uh, water throughout the day, uh, it has a lot of benefits anyway. Sure. So no, neither one of these things uh, is panic time, neither one of these, but they could possibly help. I mean, I don't know how valid getting it down in the stomach and have the stomach acid eat it, how valid that is. I don't know. But it can't hurt to drink more water. Sure. All right. So I, I want mean, even to if you have the flu, you know, they always say hydrate, 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 hydrate. Yep. hydrate. And and I find and I'm serious. I have lowered my blood pressure simply by hydrating. And so it has benefits, even if you aren't worried about the coronavirus. But one of the things that has really concerned me, and it's a, a personal thing, your health care providers are on the front lines of contracting coronavirus because they're the ones who come in contact with people that have it, generally speaking, right? Yes. In hospitals and so forth. The, the, the next healthcare providers, honestly, because of it coming through the mouth, are people in the dental field. This is very personal to me. I've mentioned this on the show before. Uh, so a lot of people know this. Not everybody listening will know it, but a lot of people do know that my daughter is a dental hygienist. Mm -hmm. um, she is working for a doctor who has bought cheap masks. For months, she's been saying, doctor, these masks are not, will not prevent us from contracting different things. This is before the coronavirus came out. Right. She's saying, look, we need better masks than these. These these are very limited in, in their use. And he's thinking more about what they cost <laughs> than, than protecting the people that work for him. And I find that horrendous. Um, she won't be working there much longer, but uh, yeah. Especially after years of show. <laughs> uh, well, he isn't going to listen to this show. I mean, you know, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he won't, he won't, he won't hear this show. I already know that, but I hope he does. I hope he knows that, uh, oh, and then, and then recommending to your dental hygienist that they use the same mask over again. Yeah. Not a, not a great idea. Well, first of all, it's illegal. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the health department should, uh, I hope the health department is listening to this show. So, no, it's not, you know, I'm laughing, but it really isn't funny. No, no. I mean, we're laughing at incompetence is one thing. You know? There you go. But of there course, you go. It's, it's got deadly consequences. Exactly. So we have a president who's an idiot, and we have people in the health, health industry who are doing stupid things. All for bakshish, baby. You know, people that think money is real and water and air are make-believe, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you need to put this, uh, uh, you, need the, you need to put this out there because um, it's really important that people know what's going on. True. So, um, um, and that's, you know, that's really important. Um, 
So I'm I I am somewhere in between. Um, Maybe full disclosure, uh, since you're you're pausing for a sec. We did have a, a guest that was scheduled to be on the show today, but we haven't been able to reach them. So uh, I think you might be pausing to see if we, we've had a response. Exactly. Yet. We haven't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so just to let folks know that's what's going on here. You haven't, you know. Again, it's, it's been it's been I, we should play Elvis again. Have you ever had one of those days, boys? <laughs> when nothing goes right from morning till night, have you ever had one of those days? Days, days, days. Anyway, um, good old Elvis. It it is frustrating to me on a personal level when I've scheduled a guest. I've you know, <laughs> and he just disappears. You know. Yeah. Um, and we, but we know, have, of course, we have no idea what's going on. We when, don't. We really yeah. don't. And let's hope he hasn't caught the coronavirus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever else is going on with him, yes, we wish yes. him well. Absolutely. And uh, better be a darn good reason is all I gotta say. But um, yeah, this is this is good. I did want to also um, a working families uh, send a thank you note to Elizabeth Warren, and I signed that. Um, Elizabeth Warren is a good person, and she has done a tremendous service to this country. First, uh, with the Consumer Affairs, she stood up the when Consumer nobody Protection else- Bureau. Yeah, Consumer Protection Bureau. She stood up for consumers when nobody else did. Mm-hmm. You know, helped to she, regulate the banks when it wasn't happening. Exactly. She is an intelligent woman. She's a creative woman. She had a plan for every contingency. That's right, including the coronavirus. Including the coronavirus. She is an asset to the United States of America. And, you know, I found it uh, very interesting that um, um, she was asked, I only heard part of the interview, uh, she was asked, um, um, do you feel there was any sexism involved? And I loved her response. In her not doing as well in the uh, presidential campaign as somebody with that amount of competence should have done. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the fact that she doesn't have a penis may have had something to contribute to that. Uh, Entirely likely. uh, uh, Yeah. And it's, and it's a sad state of affairs. You know, we thought when uh, Obama was elected, well, that was going to sell a lot of the issues about the, you know, uh, African-Americans in the United States. Well, see, we, we've, we've done this. And what it basically did was brought out right. the racism that exists in this country. So on that level, it's really good because if things are out in the open, they're easier to deal with. Um, now, we still have the sexism, which has fallen way behind uh, some of our other isms. Uh, the isms that we can still do, we can we can attack people for their age, and age obviously doesn't mean that much because you have somebody who thinks it's um, what do you call it? What 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 was it? What Tuesday was it? Uh, when all the last Tuesday when uh, Super Tuesday, uh, Super Tuesday, call it Super Thursday instead of Super Tuesday. 
Of course, you could just be tired, but when you have these kind of mistakes consistently, that's something to take a look at, what's going on here. Uh, that is not necessarily age, because you've got other people in the same age, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they're in the same age. Well, Neither Elizabeth one Warren was 70 years old, uh, which was much younger than Biden or Sanders. How old, are, how old is Biden? Uh, isn't he in his late 70s? I don't think so. I think it's early to mid, but I'm not positive. I don't pay a lot of attention to people's 77 age. 77 years old. 77. How old and is Bernie Sanders? Sanders is 78. And how old is uh, Trump? 73. Okay, so 70 to 78 in yep. that range, yep. right? Yep. So, you know... I honestly don't think that age, you see a variance between these four people. Sure. Right? And they're all in the same age group, roughly. Yeah, I think, you know, for a woman, uh, 70 is, is, you know, is younger than younger for a man for at, at 70. I, yeah. I have to agree with you. I Women live longer, and there's a reason. We're smarter. Uh, we're, you know... I mean, you know, we 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 do, um, uh, you know, what we do, and I think that that's uh, that's important. Um, and, you know, I like the fact that she's waiting to decide what she is or isn't going to do. I, I I think that she's a, I think she's a good person. I don't know that a lot of people really understand how difficult campaigning, no matter what office you're running for. I ran for Seattle City Council, which at that time there were no districts. So you had to win uh, to get a seat on the city council. You had to get as many votes as you would need for a congressional district. That's a lot of votes. Not as many votes as you need to become president. Okay. It is hard work. With or without campaign funding, it is difficult to run a campaign. You have to have, you know, they tell about, well, wait, this guy or that guy or, or this woman or that woman has a lot of ego. Well, you have to have a certain amount of ego to stand up to the, all the slings and arrows and that are coming at you. Because people, the minute you stand up, they're going to attack. There's just some people that just absolutely love uh, going after anybody who stands up for something, anything. That's true. And um, I say do it anyway. I did. And I and, and people said, why don't you run again? I'm like, oh, no, we don't need one more old white woman. You know what? We need. <laughs> no, seriously, we need young people. We need people that are younger. And we do have a gap there. And I find it I find it in one way interesting and another way a little disturbing uh, that uh, where the, where, why aren't the young people step, stepping up and stepping into? And it is frustrating. I mean, if we just did a simple thing like getting rid of student debt, if we just treated, treated the student education loans like we did the banks owing money and just wiped the slate clean, yep. you know, the people with money got all this, you got rid of student debt. Do you know how that would boost our economy? I mean, it, it, people could buy houses that they can't buy now. 
you know, people would be free. They wouldn't have this weight on them all the time. It shouldn't be that if you don't have money and you want an education and you want to get out into the uh, into the work area with an education, that you're going to be saddled with debt for the rest of your life. That's outrageous. Who does that? What kind of a country thinks that way? It doesn't make sense. The generation before me, I didn't have, I didn't have, oh, 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 a dime when I got out of college. Not a dime. Yeah, I did have a couple of scholarships, but, but the generation before me felt that we needed an educated country. To be able to do the things that we needed to do, we needed to have an educated populace. We went from that to like, well, we got to dumb down everybody because we want them to all fall in line and follow orders and do what we tell them to do. You know, rage against the machine, I say. <laughs> Don't sit back complacently and do as you're told. Question authority. Never stop questioning authority. Why? I asked why when I was a little child, and I'm much older now. <laughs> I'm still asking why. Why would you do that? Why would why would we need that? Why would we why would we call Trump a businessman when he failed in every business he ever did? Right. Nobody fails at the casino. I mean, seriously, they're designed to win. <laughs> so. There's just a lot of things that are, you know, that are issues. And um, we'd like to think we don't have, uh, that we're clearing up racism. But um, why are so many black people being shot by the police? I mean, that's happening all over our country. There's something wrong with this. Why do we have mass shootings in schools, in retail stores, synagogues, churches, places of work? Why are, why are people being killed in mass shootings? We've normalized mass shootings. We, we've accepted it. Yeah. I mean, why are Jewish people being ostracized and murdered by hate groups? You know, why are indigenous people being done? You know, when we call reservations, right, you do know what those are. Those are death camps. And the fact that people's children have survived these death camps they were sent to, we should be applauded and amazed and wonderful. You know, those are things that, that we need to look at and, and say, you know, like, wow, you're amazing people. You've educated yourselves. You've, you know, those bootstraps we're always looking for? Well, they found them and pulled themselves up by them, which, of course, doesn't make a darn bit of sense. But nonetheless... <laughs> you pull yourself up by your bootstraps <laughs> okay sorry that was a redundant question I guess I don't know. <laughs> but we do know that um, when we when we do these things when we when Exxon is on welfare but you want to cut food stamps for people who are barely surviving does this make it they have record profits and yet they're on welfare how is that? Why do we keep insisting on giving the wealthy more and more and more? Something has to change, and it has to change soon. I mean, we cannot do this. Um, why are women's bodies, you know, being threatened to put under control by 
white men. Why is that? Why, why do I not have, you know, you have two things. Your body is your body. You, that's something that's yours, just personal, correct? I mean, people shouldn't tell you what to do with your body. And yet they want to make laws saying you can or cannot do this to your own body. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And when the president of the United States makes fun and people laugh, he's making fun of a person with a disability. And there are people that find that amusing. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting that anyone, that, why isn't someone standing up and saying, that's wrong. Why Why do you think that that's okay to do that? I think I a, a lot of us did stand up and say that's wrong, but well, uh, yeah. the fact that he still has supporters after that just blows my mind and, and yours. But then again, we, we've seen people support the most evil things on the planet. So we, you know, we just got to accept, I think, in life that, some people are just either, you know, bad or just so uninformed that they are okay with bad. I know. It's, it's well, it breaks my heart. You know, I, I, I seriously, I, it's, it's so upsetting because I do love my country. And I think we, we have been, and I think we can be, again, that shining light on the hill. I mean, I really do. We have a mixed history. There's no question about that. We have a mixed history. But there's always been some kind of balance between the horrible stuff we do and the wonderful stuff we do. But the wonderful stuff is just falling away. You know, um, you know, with all these children that have been separated at the border from their families, or do you know that there's over 1,500 girls that are completely unaccounted for? They don't know what happened to them, where they went. They don't. They they don't know what happened to them. Yeah, for the greatest country in the world to not be able to just keep track of folks that are in our custody. It's crazy. It's insane. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, what do you mean you don't know where they are? You, you, you've, you've stolen these children and done something with them. What have you done with them? Where are they? And they have no voices? Um, you know, what a lot of people don't realize, when there was, a, there was a, a, a gentleman that was saying, oh, you can't compare putting little brown children in cages at the border to uh, the concentration camps. Well, you know what? Nazi Germany didn't start with the concentration camps. It started with deporting people. That's what it started with. You know, we'll get, we'll ship them out of the country. That was the first, first step. And then there were many steps. And the Nazi party wasn't a fascist party when it began either. It got taken over, much like the Republican Party has. I mean, I know that there's a number of Republicans who are trying to have their own organization. Have you seen any of their ads, these, these Republicans that can no longer go along with the Trump version of the Republican Party? You know, I haven't, but uh, I'm glad to hear that such a thing is out there. 
it's out there and I'm telling you what, they pull no punches. They're like they're not nice like the Democrats, like, oh, we're just not gonna bring the subject up. They are hitting hot and heavy. They're hitting it hard and they're saying, Listen, this is not the way that this world should be. So, um, yeah, not good at all. So, um, it looks like it's time to take a little break. You are correct. Uh, let's do it. Let's take that break. And then we're going to come back with more snappy patter from Susan and Eric. <laughs> Are you ready to take your healing mastery to the next level? The vast Institute Masterpiece of Humanity certification program will develop your personal and professional toolkit while enriching your approach to life, taking both you and your clients to the next level. Enrollment is now open for our March 20th program. Mention this ad for a professional courtesy discount. If you're an original thinker looking to significantly amplify your presence and influence for good, apply today at vastinstitute.com or call 206-935-7872. On Friday, Nance and Mitchell welcome back George Bean, pop culture maven, with an update on Stephen King and the high cost of those streaming services. On Saturday, Bonnie Barnard returns with creating powerful affirmations that steer your life into the fast lane. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience, where we are listening to a song that was good in the 60s, and it's good now. Stop. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Also known as For What It's Worth. <laughs> for What It's Worth. It, yes. for, what it's, for What It's Worth. For What It's Worth, they should have named it something in the, in the, song, the lyrics, you know. It would be easier for people to remember. Is that actually uh, the name of that song? Yeah, it's For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. I, well, I knew it was Buffalo Springfield, but uh, I don't know. They must have been smoking something with they... <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I think it is a good title, but anytime you know, the, uh, the title of a song is not in the chorus, people always think that whatever the first line in a chorus is, is the name of the song. The name of yeah. the song. You can't get around that. <laughs> no, it's just, and, and you would think songwriters would pay attention to that sort of thing now, wouldn't you? As I said, well, they, they can were keep probably trying. stoned. <laughs> I don't, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I live back there. Well, I'm, I'm not, just saying I don't know that that necessarily has to do with what they ended up naming it, but, <laughs> you know, you're probably right. <laughs> it could be. It's possible. Somebody should ask them, whoever's left. Um, uh, so we have a president who has, oh, let's see. I think that the last time they counted was sometime in December. We're now in March. Uh, he's, he had told at that point, uh, 15,413 untruths in over three years. So what is that? That figures, uh, over 
5,000 uh, untruths a year. <laughs> That's quite a few a day. Um, so, and, and people accept that. I mean, it's, uh, you accept that it's okay. Well, he's just being him. And what's that mean? What does that mean? I, I don't know. I'm one of those people that looks for meaning in life and uh, don't seem to, uh, uh, yay, don't seem to be able to get that. Uh, well, so, I, I think it's crazy all the people that say, well, he tells it like it is. But if no, it's demonstrably a lie that is absolutely not telling it as it is, it is the opposite of telling it as it is. Absolutely the opposite of telling it like it is. He's telling it like he wants you to think it is. Yeah, it's like Stephen Colbert's, uh, you know, back when he did the the Colbert Report <laughs> and he coined the, the term truthiness. You know, it doesn't matter if there there's facts that contradict it. If you feel it in your gut, if it feels true to you, then it is true. <laughs> it's, true. it's truthiness. Yes. Well, it's just like. He had a hunch, which is better than science. Sure, sure. You know, because he feels that, well, I, it's probably not 3 or 4%. It's probably less than 1%. Oh, you know, and when it gets warm, this whole thing's going to go away like a miracle. That's what he well, said. Well, now, actually, there is some <laughs> thought leaning towards that it's very possible because viruses do mutate that in the warmer weather it could change. But we don't have any evidence of that one way or the other. No, we don't. And in fact, in places where it is already hot, it is still spreading. <laughs> it's still spreading, yeah. And so uh, um, I think that makes a, makes a huge, well, I don't think so. But my big concern, too, is not, it's not the, it's the deaths of millions of people. But it's also the fact that a pandemic also means countries are closing their ports. That's already happening. There are countries already closing their ports. Yep. You know, and uh, we they say the United States will be the last to, to really be hit. Much like, do you remember in... Uh, 2007, 2008, when in Washington State, we thought we were going to skate the whole uh, economic collapse, and we were wrong. Uh, yeah. we, did, we did bounce back probably faster than the, most of yeah, the country. It yeah, it hit us later, and we bounced back sooner. Yeah. So in that sense, but it still hit pretty hard. I mean, I remember people calling me to pay my credit cards, which I couldn't pay. And I said, well, you know, if you want to come over here, we've got uh, coins, we've got gold, we've got diamonds, we'll be happy to trade with you. Well, well, we don't trade. Well, I'm sorry, that's all I can do. If you don't want to do a trade with me, you're sure out of luck because nobody's buying. <laughs> hmm. You know, yeah. if people aren't getting a paycheck, they're sure not going to buy my, my gold. So, or my paper money, or my, con uh, you know, all the product you we sound have. like an old West Prospector. <laughs> I see what you're saying. It's just. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Quit laughing at me. No, fair, no, fair yeah. enough. You could say shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not an FCC issue. No, shut no, up. not at all. Not at all. I'm sorry. It just, it just <laughs> struck me as funny and. In uh, these times, any any little bit of levity that I can find, I'm, I'm embracing yeah. fully. It's true, and I don't mind. I can laugh at myself all day long because I, you know, I'm I'm 
funny, actually. Look, I, I've been panning for nuggets all day, and if you don't want to trade with me. I don't care. Then I'm not going to buy your sourdough. Because I won't have any money to buy your sourdough. <laughs> That's right. So people aren't getting how we're all connected. It's just like, how hard is this for you to get? You know, I mean, everybody's connected. If you do well, I do well. If you don't do well, I'm not going to do well. You know, it's like the vast majority of people are, hello, they're not doing well. Pay attention. You know, the, the, the world needs, what the world needs now is love and money. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was not funny. Okay, um, so we... Uh, we do have a lot of people, though, that are doing good things. Oh, and I have an important announcement. Go ahead. Editing is almost done on the screenplay. Oh, okay. And it will be going out to a couple of people to read. So we are making serious, serious progress. Very cool. I look forward to watching that movie. I do, too. And so, so you could be my guest to the Oscars when we're nominated. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I'll get sure. a tux. Yeah, yeah, rent a tux, hop a plane, <laughs> bring your girl, go to the parties. <laughs> All right. So we already have plans for like, oh, God, that's probably six years out. Okay. <laughs> 2026. See you there. 2026. Be there or be square. But um, you know what? No matter what the appearance of things are, the world is still still a good place. The world is still um, a wonderful place. Even if people don't write things down so they remember what they're called, it's still a good place. And we can still accomplish so much without even thinking about it. If we just start with ourselves, remember we did that show with Alder and Eddie about peace? Mm-hmm. And we talked about how peace begins inside of each of us. If I'm a peaceful person, I help to create a peaceful space. If I'm an optimistic person, that energy goes out and it spreads optimism. If I'm all now, there's nothing wrong with pointing out what's wrong. If you have a plan, much like Elizabeth did, if you have a plan on how you're going to address that issue. Because addressing what's wrong with the world is why we look at those issues. You know, it, we don't want guns, you know, in the schools. We don't want, I mean, to say that your response to um, shootings in the school is to have teachers armed is stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's plain stupid. Uh, because that's called, I think there was a term we, we started using back during Vietnam was escalation. You know, that escalates the issue. So we don't need to escalate the issue. Um, I think that we need to uh, start with ourselves. If I can be, and you know what I said, shut up to you. That wasn't shut up. That was No, I know. You were kidding me. We were were playing around, yes. Right. (laughs) And, And you should be, and. You know, we we need our sense of humor. Gosh, that's so much, so important. Now, and and, you know, and I would be wiping the tears from my eyes, but the CDC says (laughs) to not (laughs) touch your face. So, 
<laughs> with this coronavirus outbreak, you can't be too careful. So try not to hurt me too bad anymore. <laughs> so funny. Okay. So we are going to end our show today with a really, really cool thing. I, I, is, this our, is this our second or our first vast um it's it's the second edition of Vast Taste of Original Thinking that we've had on the show. Yes, and um, you know Michelle Sherman is such a special person. She's really great. So please stay tuned for that. And I'm going to just sign off now. And you listen to the Vast. It's going to be really good. Michelle Sherman, a marvelous lady, and my friends, dance while you're listening to it, and keep on dancing after the show is over. Welcome. To Vast's Taste of Original Thinking. My name is Michelle Sherman, and we are here to discuss building the healthiest of relationships, becoming more successful by tapping into your most authentic self. At Vast, we have a refreshing approach and insights to share, thus, the title called Original Thinking. Well, what is original thinking? One of our favorite thought leaders, Albert Einstein, said, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking we used when we created them. We thoroughly agree with Albert. And what we'd like to do is we would like to take some of the most vibrant and exciting ideas that we have discovered over the years through the Vast Institute in our curriculum and share them with you. The reason that we want to do this via podcast is because we have heard and learned so much from those of you out there who have joined us and said, you know, we've been stuck. We've been trying to solve some problems. We've been trying to make sense of the world. And we're a little bit frustrated right now. Why is that? With original thinking, you're able to transcend what seems like a limiting belief, a limiting idea, and move beyond it through your positive imagination. Our minds are like rivers. They flow where they have been before. And so our original thinking podcast and curriculum is designed to liberate you from the unwanted eddies of self-awareness uh, limitations, the unwanted eddies in professional development, leadership, relationships, emotional wisdom, and creativity. You know, people come to see us when they have gone as far as they can on natural ability alone. And once you become more comfortable with your authentic self, the sky's the limit. And so today's topic of building the healthiest of relationships is one of my favorites. Why might you ask? Relationships have been one of the most challenging aspects of my lifetime, of this life. Uh, relationships with family, relationships with friends, relationships with loved ones, relationships with lovers. It seemed as if I just was never really fully equipped as a child and young adult to understand how to build relationships that were in my best interest. And I wanted to learn that. Uh, and I think a lot of people do. So at this point in time, I'm really excited to share the healthy relationship curriculum with folks. But let's let's talk a little bit about what tonight is is going to portend. We're going to discuss and share with you the, our definition of healthy relationships so that you have something to focus on, something to imagine, something to aspire to. And then we're also going to be talking uh, about the next level of relationship a little bit. It's called sacred union. We wrote that into our newsletter this month, and a lot of you have asked questions about it, and that is part of our uh, curriculum. And so we're going to be talking about healthy relationships, sacred union, and, and some of the really important information that you can use as platform pieces to improve your life here and today. 
One of the things I do want to say is it's obvious that we can all improve our relationship skills from the way the world sometimes shows up in our businesses and our friends and our family. There's a lot of good going on out there. And so for those of you who aren't sure or a little skeptical about whether or not uh, healthy relationships are available to you, they are. It's just um, a skill set. And I have to say, most of the people that have come to the Vast Institute over the years have been very, very intelligent and capable people of all different stripes, of all different industries, of all different backgrounds. And what they had in common was the desire to be their best selves, thrive, and share that with their loved ones and community. So that's why we're here, and that's what we're going to be talking about. We're also real excited about you wanting to improve your relationships because we know that when people have happier, healthier relationships, that serve them and allow them to be their full authentic selves, their lives, their community, their teams, their work group, their PTA, their block party, all goes so well. It's the way human beings are wired. And there are a few things that perhaps we're not aware of that we can add to our skill set. The reason that uh, we're here is to share some of that with you and also learn about what you're up to with your relationships. I would say that the healthy relationship opportunity is about better understanding how you as a unique human operate on this particular levels and improving your relationship skills. So with that in mind, I'd like to just start by defining healthy relationships is both one of our six core competencies because we believe it's a practice, sustaining, creating, improving, enriching, weeding toxic relationships. That's a skill that's developed over time. And so we define uh, healthy relationships as one of our core competencies. A healthy relationship is being free to learn, grow, and thrive as your unique whole self. What I'd like to say is, who wouldn't want that? It's so delightful is how uh, many people think that they're the only one who can't learn this skill. The truth is, we can all learn these skills if we practice them. Sometimes they're a little uncomfortable, and sometimes it's a different approach. But the best part is, this is, a, this is about you deciding for you what's in your best interest in the privacy of your own room, and then practicing safely in the world. We appreciate that. And what we offer uh, with the workshop is an opportunity, and also the workbooks, is an opportunity to review a few things. And so I'd like to share a couple of the, the tips and the things that the workshop and the workbook offer so that you can start thinking of these things on your own. Authenticity is one of the most important aspects of having a healthy relationship. And what I discovered in coaching some amazing people was that they really sincerely wanted healthy relationships, but they weren't sure how to be their full selves and how to share that. They were trying to be what other people thought was acceptable, defined as, it was just, they were very awkward. And in that being awkward, because you're not sure how to be comfortable with yourself and then share it, it does not enhance the quality of your relationships. What happens is people see that you're fabulous, but you're still struggling and they love you. And then they work around it with you. So we'd prefer not to have to do that much uh, work around. What we suggest is people start looking at those aspects of themselves that they can own, feel good about, and then start sharing and practicing. One of the things that we talk about is the value system, personal values. So for example, if you are somebody, I, I appreciate honesty. 
I was very confused um, when I was growing up because uh, honesty was not always the first choice in my household. (laughs) People were trying to be kind. They meant well, but still. Mm. And I value it. So so honesty as a value is something that I, I, I really know is important in my relationships. When I was dating earlier uh, in my life, I knew that if somebody was honest with themselves and honest with me, that there was a chance that we might be able to have a really good friendship, relationship, romance, because that was really non-negotiable. Now, most people are a little unsure as to what those things are. So clarity is important. And just picking something you're comfortable with and starting with that is terrific. Because again, the goal is to feel free to learn, grow, and thrive as your unique and most precious self. So with honesty in mind, let me give you a little example. When I first started dating my husband, we went out on our first date and there was a gentleman who was a little bit intoxicated and he started threatening our car. And my husband, instead of trying to prove something, was very clean and clear with the gentleman and was very honest with him and said, hey, you know what? Obviously, you're not having the best evening. I wish you well. Let's make something, you know, please go have a good evening. That's what we wish for you. And through that honest communication, not posturing, the gentleman's demeanor completely changed. He was seen as human. He went off on his evening. He, 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 his, he was able to make some new choices. What I really appreciated about that was the behaviors aligned with a value that I held dear. So I understood that this had a potential to be a very good relationship. Because I knew who I was. I was trying to be authentic in owning that. And I saw this displayed clearly in someone that I cared to know better. So that's an example of how to be authentic and have it work for you. There's many others, but I just want to say when we talk about authenticity, we're talking about wholeness, being our our whole imperfect selves. How can we be in right relationship to all aspects of ourselves? Well, again, that's something that takes a little bit of time. We talk about that in our self-wisdom curriculum, and we are very, very proud of that because there's an alchemical process that happens when we become authentic and people can sense that level of integration, that level of comfort. It also attracts a a very different type of, of relationship. So that's why we appreciate healthy relationships. And we suggest that besides clarifying your values, and we do have some helpful hints on that, we also want to say your boundaries. Everybody's different. Some people are very sensitive. Some people are a little tougher. Some people like to go out till two o'clock in the morning. Some people have to be in bed at 9 p.m. so that they can get up early or they're just wired that way. Authenticity also allows you to know in all of the different realms, and we work with five different realms of being human, how to be yourself and be very effective. So with that in mind, being able to practice your boundaries. I also would like very much to talk about the next level of intimacy. And healthy relationships are truly about embracing intimacy. Intimacy is very difficult for human beings. And what I've learned by through my own experience and through the experience of sitting with some amazing, many, many amazing human beings as they claim their power, is that we all are a little bit unsure if being our authentic selves will work and be lovable. And all I can say is it's worth the risk 
Being whole is not about being perfect. It's about understanding that who you are is a truly amazing mix of talent and ability and gifts. Most of us are just not sure how to work with what we've got. So, for example, if somebody is a painter and they're given uh, clay uh, for pottery, they're an artist, they're a creative person, but they have a different medium. Same thing in relationships. So what I'd like to say is with healthy relationships and wholeness and authenticity, you have a great platform. Let us know if we can be of support. What I'd like to move on to is the next level of intimacy. As I said, it's it's very uh, it's a little bit unnerving for most people to be seen so closely, and that's where the authenticity, the first level of this work, um, is so important for you. What you need to understand is that in being comfortable with yourself, you are then preparing for a different kind of relationship, one that I call a sacred union. And so the authenticity piece is one that I highly recommend you pay attention to in the ways that feel most meaningful to you. So a sacred union is a union in which that is created between emotional adults, emotionally intelligent adults, who choose to be together to celebrate and advocate for each other's wholeness and unique beauty as individuals and in concert. And so... When you're comfortable with yourself and you know how to work with who you are, it's absolutely amazing what can happen. I just want to say thank you so much for your time and for your interest. Please visit us at www.vastinstitute.com and take a look at our newsletter. We are so excited that what you do matters. That's our premise. The idea about Original thinking is not only a tagline, but it reflects our commitment to personal responsibility as an empowering perspective. It guides us to take responsibility for the life we create and the influence we have in the world. If you'd like to become an original thinker, please join us at www.vastinstitute.com. We appreciate all that you do. Thank you. Are you ready to take your healing mastery to the next level? The VAST Institute Masterpiece of Humanity Certification Program will develop your personal and professional toolkit while enriching your approach to life, taking both you and your clients to the next level. Enrollment is now open for our March 20th program. Mention this ad for a professional courtesy discount. If you're an original thinker looking to significantly amplify your presence and influence for good, apply today at vastinstitute.com or call 206-935-7877. 72.